Welcome, welcome, welcome to Top of the Popcast, the first episode, in fact, of a new music podcast hosted by me, Kieran Gilby. I'm a stand-up comedian, um, a singer-songwriter, um, and, and that's that's pretty much it. And our podcast host, um, where each episode I'll be talking to guests from all over the entertainment stratosphere, taking a walk down their musical memory lane, discussing their first gigs, their dream festival lineups, and how music has made them who they are today. Um, joined by a very special guest for our first episode, um, a comedian who I um, am a big fan of, um, have been since I started comedy. Um, I gigged with him, it was one of my first gigs um, at a, a pub in Myland. I don't think it's there anymore, well the pub's there, but the comedy night isn't there anymore. Um, Robin was on testing some material for... Um, his that year's Edinburgh show um and I I saw I watched his set he was on first and I just fell in love with his comedy um and I've been a massive fan ever since so uh, yeah today's guest is the wonderful Robin Morgan um I'm gonna read you some some Robin facts um straight from his website um so Robin is a Welsh stand-up writer and actor based in London and Cardiff on stage he is wonderfully cheeky and engaging and is a phenomenal comic, utterly hilarious. Those were um, reviews from Three Weeks and Broadway Baby. That's not how he's described himself. Um, he has performed three solo shows at the Edinburgh Festival, as of the writing on this website. His debut in 2016 received glowing reviews, including four stars from the Sunday Times. The show was later adapted into a half-hour recording for BBC Radio Wales as Robin Morgan proposes. Um, Robin has performed stand-up on BBC Radio 4's The Now Show and BBC 2's Stand-Up at the BBC Wales. He wrote and starred in BBC Radio 4's Ellie Taylor's Safe Space and has appeared on Ramesh Presents on Sky One, The Dog Ate My Homework on CBBC, if we've got any CBBC fans in. Um, He's done so much. He's, uh, He's a seasoned comedy writer for television and radio, with credits including Have I Got News For You, The Mash Report, 8 Out of 10 Cats, Hello America, Blind Date, The News Quiz, The Now Show, Rich Hall's US Election Breakdown and Spotlight, Tonight with Nish Kumar, amongst so many other shows. He's such a talented guy. Um, I had so much fun talking to him. We also talk um, a bit about his... uh, He he does warm-up. If you've ever ever been to see a show being recorded, like... um, for example, some of the shows he's been on. Uh, so the Graham Norton show, Blind Date, um, Celebability, Don't Make Me Laugh. So before the show, before they start rolling the cameras, a warm-up guy will come out, normally someone with some comedy experience, just to warm up the crowd a bit, um, get them ready, explain what the show's going to be like, um, and just get them, get them ready for the night. Um, so he's done a lot of that. Um, and we talk a bit about how um, he had to change up his comedy set for um, when he was warming up for Sam Smith at the BBC. Um, that's that was a really interesting story that he told about um, about how he got to get that gig. Uh, we also talk about Robin's love for pop punk. Um, he's coming out as an alternative indie fan. Uh, his favourite gig memories. Um, we plan a dream festival, so it's Robin's dream festival. Um, so so look forward to that. Um, yeah, his favourite gig memories from growing up around in Cardiff. Um, his favourite festival memories, uh, and mo- most importantly, what this podcast is about: how music has influenced him in his work today. Um, and then at the end, we uh, we take some very lovely questions from my girlfriend, um, who has no idea who Robin is. So um, be be on the listen out for that. Um, and then we play a great game at the end, um, which I'm I'm really excited to to play. Um, it was a game that I invented 
when uh, I mean it's I say I invented it's a it's a classic music game. Um, I used to play it when I used to host a comedy uh, radio show um, at college. It's called uh, it's called Jack Street or Back Street. It's not. It's called Back Street or Jack Street. See, I'm one episode in. I've already fluffed the name of it. Um, it's called Back Street or Jack Street. I'll read some uh, some lyrics to Robin, and he has to guess if they're by the Backstreet Boys um, or if they're not. In which case, he'll say Jack Street. Um, so we'll see how he gets on with that at the end of the show. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. it was, like I said, it was a really, really fun show. Um, it was a really good, um, really good chat with Robin. Um, I'm really appreciative for him coming on the show, um, especially for the first episode. Um, so hopefully you guys like it. Um, if you if you do, feel free to subscribe, follow us, um, however you take your podcast in. Um, if you're listening on somewhere where you can rate it leave us a review leave us five stars um unless you thought it was shit um then don't because i'd rather you be honest um at least you, then you can sleep safe at night and also as of uh, as of recording this little intro so i spoke to robin yesterday so today is the 28th so we spoke yesterday and as of today um he's been announced as one of the new panelists for mock the week he'll be appearing on the next series of mock the week so if you're a fan of that look out for him on the new series coming out um great stuff that that was announced the day after we recorded the podcast uh because it means that i can use that to market the podcast sell it a bit more got someone from what the week on it haven't we lovely stuff um but yeah thanks again to robin for coming on the podcast i hope you enjoy it um we'll be doing some plugs at the end for where you can find him on social media he's also the host of a podcast which we'll talk about at the end so listen up for that and enjoy my chat with robin Good, thanks, buddy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Don't be silly. Thank you for asking me. That's all right. Just to give you a heads up, I'm not recording the uh, video, but the audio is being recorded. Cool. Um, so you can feel free to pick your nose or sure. scratch whatever needs to be scratched. Thank you um, very much. Appreciate it. Cool. Robin, thank you so much for coming on uh, to Top of the Podcast. This is actually the first episode that I'm recording of the podcast. Nice. So well, you honoured. Genuinely honoured. It is an honour. Um, <laughs> unless it goes terribly, um, then you'll In be the only case, person. It's a, it's a learning curve. <laughs> exactly, you'll be the only person associated with uh, with fine. however this goes. Um, Happy to burn it all down. That's fine. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So um, obviously, it's been locked down. Um, I don't need to bring that up. Everyone knows that it's going on. Um, how, how's that been for you? Am I right in thinking you're staying with your mother-in-law? So I was with my mother-in-law. So uh, last, so Christmas 2020, me and my wife and kids moved out of London back to our hometown of Cardiff, tried to get a house uh, here. Um, then due to various reasons, couldn't for a little while. They managed to, which is why I'm in, in a house now in my Amazing. children's playroom. Um, but it was all, but yeah, with my mother-in-law for three months, which was um, genuinely really nice. Like oh, I, was I, I'm, I'm, I'm very anti the whole, my mother-in-law is a piece of shit type, <laughs> type, type five. Um, she's a, she's a good woman. 
um, and I will not have a bad word said about her. Oh, that's amazing. I was staying with, so my nan came to move in at the start of lockdown. So she's uh, she recently been diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia. I'm not sure. Um, I joke about it in my set and I shouldn't, but it's there's funny sides to it. Um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so she moved in with us at the start of lockdown. She had something went wrong with her house. It was flooding and we couldn't trust her to be alone. And that was, it was a, a process. Um, mm. It was definitely interesting. Um, but I'm glad you've been doing all right. And, and you've got your, your son. How, how yes. has he been during lockdown? To be honest, fine. Like he, um, yeah, like he wasn't really, because we, it was, I think because we had the thing, like he was living at his nan's for a while. And then we had this place. We moved here in like April last year. So just under a year ago. Um, so he didn't really have anything to kind of like, it was all quite new experiences anyway. Yeah. And then he started school in September, just gone. Um, and that's been quite fun. Nice to see him like make friends and things, but he's got his own little mask that he doesn't need to wear, but he likes to wear because he's a sheep. Because <laughs> he's a, because <laughs> he, because he's a, a non-COVID idiot. I bet he's got um, his vaccine as well. Oh, I tell you, man, he's jab- he's jabbed up to the nines. Um, no, he's he's doing really well with it, bless him. My daughter's eighteen months, so she's like lived the maj- the vast majority wow. of her life has been during this. Yeah, but, um, yeah. She can say mask. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One of her first words was mask. That's going to be interesting in a few years' time. If there's any, you know, when they have like the word of the year, like the Oxford yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see if something like that comes out of it. Yeah, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. <laughs> 5G. <laughs> exactly. Um, right, so obviously this is a music podcast. Um, mm. So I want to chat to you about music. Um, have you been listening to anything to get you through lockdown? Um, I am a old, old man who is, th- who is 31 and still listens to all of the music I did when I was 14. So when uh, I listen to, on Spotify, I listen to the Pop Punk Powerhouses playlist and emo forever and just listen to songs that I liked when I was a teenager except now I don't have any kind of um, embarrassment about enjoying them it's Good. it's really nice but I've got like a Spotify um you know like liked songs thing which I don't go crazy for but like do you did you ever use like do you use like discover weekly that Spotify podcast yeah, um, a Spotify kind of playlist thing. It's not always great for me. I'm not a fan of. That. Oh really? Yeah, it, so, it, it used to be. Stuff. It, it used to be so good for me. It used to like open my eyes to like every every single song was a banger. And then when my daughter was born, we used to, we played loads of lullabies on it to get her to sleep. And now it's literally just sort of um, piano ballads of Disney songs, and it has <laughs> ruined it. And I'm not saying I judge my daughter for this, but it is it has been annoying. <laughs> it is annoying not to have that reliance. Did you find that with your, is it Spotify wrapped at the end of the year? Yeah, 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 totally. Did that have a big effect it's, on that? It's just like the the Cars soundtrack, which is what my son enjoys. It's not a bad soundtrack. Um, it's pretty good. It's all right. There's In Cars 2, there's a great Weezer cover in there yes. as well, which is a, which is a banger. You might think... Correct. He Very loves it. Good. I'm, a, I'm a big Weezer fan. I love Weezer. Yeah, he's great bands. Great I was band. me- I was meant to see Weezer last summer. Um, they're doing a tour with Green Day and Fall Out Boy, which I'm sure Strong. you must have heard. You, yeah, you must man. have heard about this tour. It seems like it's right up your alley. It's it's absolutely my alley. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called the Hella Mega Tour, um, and I was going to go and see him in Boston, but obviously, COVID. Um, oh man, yeah. So hopefully I can just go and see that in London next summer if they're doing it yeah. still. 
Um, I am. Um, I was supposed to see Bright Eyes last September, I think, and then they rescheduled it for this coming September. I don't know whether it's going to happen or not, but I tried to see. I had tickets to see them. I think it would have been like 2007. I just left school just before I started uni, and he cancelled the day before because he was ill. So I, this is like one of my favourite all-time bands. And I've never seen them live, which is that kind of thing where you think like, are you an actual fan then? Because you know what I mean? Like that, that seeing them live is such a big tick box, isn't it? Yeah, but I guess some, it depends. Some bands are more accessible than others. Like I would say my favourite bands probably Coldplay, The Killers and Weezer. Weezer hardly ever come over here. Sure. Um, and The Killers and Coldplay, they're packing out a stadium, so it's difficult to get a ticket. So I've only yeah, seen The Killers yeah. once, but I'd love to go and see them again. Yeah. Yeah, they. Um, I, I read this really interesting thing. I think it was on the BBC website about Mr. Brightside as like a demo, as this song that they've played in every show. But like, I remember hearing that song. It must have been like on, on like a TV. How How old are you? I feel like I'm showing my age. <laughs> I'm, I'm 24. You're 24. Okay, so I remember seeing a very very old version of the Mr. Brightside demo, like a video for it, and it would have been not on Kerrang, but on like another music channel, like mm. a Scuzz or a P Rock or something like that sort of hidden or maybe like an MTV I think it was MTV2 um, and loving the demo version and then furious when they made a radio edit and I was like fucking sellouts <laughs> um, but I, I, used to, I used to love that the love that thing of finding new music like finding that that song or that like, I used to go on this blog called Hypem or Hype Machine and try and find like loads of new music on that um, used to be like I think a big part of my personality was like trying to find new artists and then taking ownership of them. But I think that's quite a common... As you grow up, I think that's quite a common thing that a lot of people do. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I used to get um, I used to get teased at school. So I, like I said, I was a massive Coldplay fan. Mm. Um, and even though they've always been one of the biggest bands in the world, it wasn't until, like, Paradise, that era, um, when they were sort of back in the charts um, and everyone at school slated me for suddenly because I was like I'm so indie I like Coldplay no one else likes them and they were like oh, are you so furious that they've got into the charts again I'm like no I'm glad everyone likes Coldplay yeah yeah because yeah, I guess was that album when they started to go like because Paradise is quite a sort of like a stadium song isn't it yeah, it's, it's, like, very it's synth, like a big there's a lot of synths on it yeah and just, just pre them going a bit kind of dancey yeah. as well like um yeah, because I remember sort of Kings of Leon when that sort of, when Sex on Fire that kind of era of Kings of Leon because um, I I liked them a little bit before but I had a friend who loved them and was furious that they were writing these kind of sort of like U two esque <laughs> sort of like stadium ballads but I saw them at a Red, a Reading Fest like I don't know when two thousand nine maybe and um, they didn't seem to be enjoying the fact that people were only singing Sex on Fire. I think the guitarist lobbed his guitar at, at the, not not like gifting the audience a guitar, like lobbing the guitar wow. at, the, at the at the audience. He was he was not a happy man. Damn! Wow. Um, have you discovered anything? So we're talking about uh, the Discover Weekly thing. Have you discovered anything yeah. new during lockdown? Like any new music? Um, let me uh, let me go through this. Um, um, I did find this, um, I've been sort of basically just trying to sort of, me and my friend, me and my best friend Dave, we'd like proper sort of, we just like pop punk and emo. Um, and we just sort of send each other these songs, like links of like, you might like this song on Spotify. So I'm just going to go through my conversation with him because <laughs> I think I sent him this, basically there's this North Welsh, so I'm from Wales, mm. there's this North Welsh pop punk band 
I can't remember their name. And I'm, I'm very aware this is not good podcast chat where you are literally waiting for me to scroll up, <laughs> up a thing. It's very Instead 21st a... century, just two people on a podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very meta, isn't it? So I'm going to Google North Wales pop punk band. And let's see if that's, this comes up. Because I really like them. Neck Deep. Neck Deep. Oh, I like Neck Deep. I'd never heard of them because they founded, like, they fought to, according to Wikipedia, formed in 2012. What well, I was kind of like, what would I have been? So we just started doing stand-up. So, so I think I fell out of, not I fell out of love with music, but I became infatuated with comedy. Yeah. As a, as a, as a thing. And I think sort of as I grew, as I sort of grew older a little bit, maybe sort of 16, 17, I kind of, comedy became my like nerd focus. So I stopped listening to music a li- like stopped focusing on it as much as I usually did. But yeah, Neck Deep I really like. And then um, I really like uh, the Soul soundtrack. You know, the Disney film Soul, the new one? I haven't seen it. I know it won an Oscar recently. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it either. But like, there's the, like, I think the lead song from that is, um, it's a banger. It's a banger. Um, I've been listening to uh, a lot of Simple Plan recently. Lovely. My, my son really likes Simple Plan, um, <laughs> which, is, which is very nice. Um, yeah, new, new music stuff that I've been listening to Dua Lipa's album a lot. Is that the newest one, Future Nostalgia? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 exactly. The sort of the quite the pop, the quite um, sort of yeah, it's sort of eighties synthy. Yeah, but I um, I never really heard of her until I did. I did a very silly job where I wrote on the MTV uh, Europe, uh, the EMAs, the oh, European wow. Music Awards in twenty nineteen. So that would have been like a few months before lockdown. So I um, yeah, I got, I got flown to Seville for like five days and wrote it's like one of the jammiest jobs I've ever done (laughs) basically got flown to Seville and wrote scripts for like the host who was Becky G was was doing it Mm. and had to do like silly little sketch ideas so I I made Akon do this fake workout video like (laughs) Green Day were doing this one little sketch that like I had a hand in um yeah, it was mad, but Dua Lipa was, was one of the performers and she was like insane, insane live. Mm, really, really good. Like, because all of those, like, there was only like five or six people who were performing, but because we heard like the rehearsals throughout the three days before and stuff and you just heard them like basically doing it properly, like live in rehearsal. Mm. She was incredible. She was really, really good. Um, so I like her album. But um, not really kind of, I, I, as I say, I just kind of, I just listened to music <laughs> that... Um, I liked when I was a teenager. Talking of uh, pop punk bands from yeah. Wales, um, so I was listening to your Good Vibrations podcast yesterday, yeah. um, and I noticed that you you had a chat with Mark Andrews, who I'm a big fan yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. So I used to I used to work in wrestling, um, and I think I've worked with him a couple of times. Yeah, he's he's in a really good pop punk band, Junior. Yeah, so I've I've never seen them live or anything. Like as I say, like we moved we moved back here like just before the pandemic. So going to gigs and something is something that I really miss. I'm gonna try and sort of do more of. I'd love to see them. But we he went to my he was three years beneath me in school. Oh right. And I am uh, we are both godfathers to the same child who is wow. his nephew. Um. So yes, we both had to be in a church and swear that we would protect him from the devil. Lovely. Let, Which is let, quite a good story, isn't it? it like is me a and good a wrestler. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't grow up to be a wrestling fan and have a clearly. He loves fa- it, man. Oh, he does. He, 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 so he's he got genuinely a favorite loves it. Godfather. 
Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. Like, I did this stupid CBC show. Not stupid, it was a lot of fun. But I had to, I had to play basically an asshole. Like, a, I was called a difficult diner. And these kids were, <laughs> kids were, like, serving me food. And I had to, like, send it back and be a knob. And um, he came around, he dropped some stuff off. I think it was, like, it was my son's birthday. So um, my godson sort of dropped some stuff off. And he was like, I saw you on TV. You were... Um, you were really mean. And he's like seven years old. And I was like, oh, no, I was just acting. I was just pretending. And he goes, it was quite silly acting. And I was like, it was silly acting. You're right. You're right. Bless him. But no, I'm, I'm not the favourite at all. No, that's, that's a shame. I mean, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. So if I get him on the podcast, you won't be my favourite. So. Well, that's fine. I'm not even my favourite compared to Mark <laughs> Andrews, man. He's like, he's WWE. What are you going to do? I, I used to love those. Um, I, I used to have this N64 um wrestling game i think it was like wwf one and the theme the theme music of that era i don't know like i haven't really watched wrestling like since kind of like maybe late 90s turn of the millennium type stuff mm. like is the theme is entrance music still as good as it ever was um i think so so they've got um they've got two different shows um so you've got the main stuff that's like popular for kids and stuff the music's yeah. all right on there um it's a bit more pop culture, so they go for like rapping and pop music and stuff. And then they've sure. got this smaller show, um, which Mark is a part of, NXT, um, and that's a lot more metal focused. Okay. Um, so the music's a lot heavier and I think better. Well, I always assumed there was that kind of that. Um, it's kind of counterculture in both aspects, isn't it? The kind of the Venn diagram of sort of metal or heavier music and wrestling is quite. In my mind, at least, it sort of goes together quite well. It does because they do. Uh, they have shows at Sonosphere Festival or Download. It might have been one and then the other. Um, there's like a, they have a wrestling tent um, where, you right, go, okay. where you can go and watch WWE, which uh, looks quite cool. What they do, like that, they actually do bouts and stuff. Yeah, they have an actual. Oh, uh, that's cool. And I think they film it for TV. So like, oh nice, where they're on the road every week, like for like four weeks because they film it in blocks, it will be in this tent in a festival, um, which is quite cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, cool. So you mentioned that you, uh, you used to use Hype Machine. Um, mm. I haven't used it that much, so I don't know how dated you, uh, you made yourself there. Uh, so how did yeah. you discover music as a child? Because uh, I use LimeWire. Um, yes. And again, I don't know the age gap. If wh- How old were you when LimeWire was about? Were you... Um, LimeWire would have been, yeah, I definitely used LimeWire. I think I did use, I might have been one of the, the late, I definitely used Napster, like LimeWire's pre- predecessor and anti-Metallica, Napster. Yes. Um, yeah, so I definitely used that. LimeWire was the, yeah, quite a big one. And then I wonder where it went from there. Like, I think at that point I kind of, I probably had LimeWire maybe like 13-ish, 13, 14 and then maybe I was, when I was 16, probably worked part-time, like I had a Saturday job. So I remember basically spending all my money on Play.com, which I'm not sure if it's still a thing. I think it, Rakuten? Do you know what Rakuten yeah, TV? I, I think they bought it out. Yeah. So basically what I used to do was um, just buy any sort of like CD that was in like the three pound or under. Mm. I just used to order loads of those. And it was always kind of like loads of Nirvana, and um, Foo Fighters and stuff. But then I was, like, I go out to my parents' house and there's still packs of CDs, but I downloaded all the songs, put them in the right order, got all the album artwork into the file, then used my mum and dad's printer to, to print out the album artwork that I wow. found on a site. And, like, Ben used to have, like, the fake albums and stuff. Like, I was quite sort of meticulous about it. 
Um, but yeah, I guess it would have been LimeWire and having to either download individual songs. Yeah, because they wouldn't have had like, the entire album in a file. You'd have, you'd have had to find each yeah. individual song. if I remember song. rightly, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to find each one. And, take, and it took just a million years. Yeah, because you'd always have to change the, uh, the metadata like the name yeah, of the song yeah. and all, all the information on it. Um, yeah, because it was like before iTunes, or I didn't have like an Apple computer or anything, so it was yeah in Windows Media Player and yeah. going into like the, the properties of that. And yeah, I remember having like a really good... All I do now, basically, is go on Spotify and try and find songs that I listened to back then that I've forgotten about. So I found like... I, that I search for other people's playlists called Scuzz or P-Rock. And I'm like, shit, yes! <laughs> that, or like the Tony Hawk's 4 Pro Skater soundtrack. Like, yes, Goldfinger! You know, there's like some great, like, that's all I pretty much do. New music, I'm sure there's some brilliant stuff out there, but I don't know whether it will ever have the same emotional connection that those songs, especially as like teenager growing up with kind of hormones and falling in love and like losing friends and that kind of stuff. Like all that stuff is so ingrained with you in music i think oh definitely i think so because i'm still obsessed with so i grew up again i don't want to make you feel old that this whole podcast that's I, fine i grew up on uh scouting for girls mcfly busted sure those sort of bands and i'm still just so in love with them like mm. i talked to my friends about them and they're like oh i didn't realize they were still making music i thought they were just around in 2005 and then went i was like no they've got like six albums man i love them I'm yeah going yeah. to see them this weekend or something like that like i'm still so in love with all those bands it's. I think the bands that you first really connect with, I think that connection is so strong, isn't it? Like, you're never going to kind of like... Like, I remember my mum and dad telling me a couple of years ago that they were going to see Van Morrison. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> and they sort of went to like... It like a sit-down gig and it was... But I guess like if you were listening to like Van Morrison in the 70s, you know, as like in their sort of like old teens and 20s and stuff, yeah, you would you would go to... Hey, on why, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and go and listen. To, you know, buy his book, listen to him doing beat poetry, whatever he does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, how did you? So, you said you're into a lot of heavier music, pop punk. Um, I know we we spoke the other day, and you said you were in a couple of heavy metal bands. How did you get yeah. into that sort of music? So, what sort of opened your eyes to that sort of music? So, yeah. So, so I I was always kind of into more. So, I, my I've got an older brother. Uh, who's two years older than me, who learned how to play guitar when he would have probably would have been 14. So then I wanted to learn something, but because he was learning guitar, I wasn't allowed to learn the guitar in that kind of sibling type way. Mm. So I learned bass. Um, and basically at that point, so I would have been, yeah, 13, 14. I was probably listening to sort of, yeah, Kerrang and things, maybe slightly. My first gig was Muse. Right. Um, and, and Elbow supported them. And I would have been in year eight. So what's that, like 12 or 13? Which is a pretty good first gig. Yeah. Like in terms of the grand scheme of things. But Muse's basis is insane. It was kind of like the Absolution album and it was all quite distorted. My brother had a good distortion pedal. So I was just like messing around with that stuff. And then I, I kind of tried to find bands that had just really good bass riffs. Like there's a Rancid song called Fall Back Down that is really bass heavy. And then just trying to, and strokes are really good for like bass lines that are quite the focus of the song. Yeah. Like I always like, I enjoy like Blink-182 are my, one of my favorite bands of all time, but their stuff is very, four, four chords, quite basic stuff. Yeah. But that's fine. It's enjoyable. But I was like, 
um, I always felt like I always used to try. I, I once bought very good speakers from my pocket money because I wanted to hear the bass in songs <laughs> more than anything else. Because um, so I was like, well, what's the point of having it if you can't if you can't like at least differentiate, you know? Um, but yes, yeah, so, so, so the bands learned how to play bass, and then so my first band was with a a couple of friends who were kind of more into heavier stuff. So we learned a few ACDC songs. And then we slowly started to in, like things like Metallica and Megadeth, got into kind of Trivium, and then slowly sort of more death metal stuff like In Flames and Pantera and sort of heavier and heavier and heavier to the point where the lead guitarist who was dating the drummer, she didn't want to be in the band anymore and he didn't want to kick her out because he was dating her. So he asked me if I would, and then she didn't speak to me for two years after that. Wow. Um, but now it's fine. We've both got kids now, and we're going to have a, a jam really soon. It's really exciting. We oh, texted about it this week. Where there's like a studio near their house. She's got like her kid like playing the drums and stuff. It's fucking sweet. So I'm, and I've picked up my um, my bass for my parents. So we're going to have like we're going to try and get the, get literally get the band back together. It's going to be great. Go on, I'll start saving uh, for the reunion tour. Yeah, man, that's it. Exactly. This Hyde is our Park, McBusted. <laughs> this is it. Like she sent me a picture of like all like some CDs and stuff, and apparently there was one like called Deadly Addiction was written on it, and apparently that was our first ever band name, Deadly Addiction. And then it went through various stages where we were called Black Despondency was our name for a while uh, because I typed in uh, Death Wish on an online thesaurus, and that's what came up, Black Despondency. And we made one EP. I did two gigs. I couldn't do two other gigs with them because my parents wouldn't let me travel to the Midlands to do them. And then I quit. <laughs> Good story. Yeah. But it was, I did, I did bass and backing screamer vocals and I am, if you, you know, looking at me, that's, <laughs> but I didn't really enjoy it. I, I still listen to it. And I think, Oh, you know, it's musically incredibly like, you to be incredibly gifted to be able to play that music. I'm not saying that I am, but like professionally. Um, but I literally had an MP3 player. I, with, like songs that my band used to like, like one of those old like USB MP3 players, like the sort of 40 quid ones. So on the way to band practice, I listened to that. And then on my walk home, I would have another one with things like Death Cab and Killers and more emo stuff that I didn't <laughs> want my bandmates to know I was listening to. Oh, that's sneaky. Weird, isn't it? Sort of like that sort of level of uh, the emotional connection that you have with those things of like, I, I clearly felt sort of like ashamed that I didn't want to listen to this whatever was cool yeah. in my friendship group really interesting i think um i don't know about you but i so i used to have that as well and then as i've grown up like the idea of a guilty guilty pleasure doesn't exist for me anymore totally like i i'm totally happy to say i could listen to the killers coldplay and then take that taylor swift justin bieber's new album is incredible like it's a banger it's it so is, good it's so good it's so so good and like if if i'd asked myself if I told myself like 10 years ago, you're going to really love Justin Bieber's new album, I would have been like, fuck off. Like, yeah. No, no way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think like the it's idea just of... just good pleasure. songs, isn't it? I think exactly. it's just sort of like, it's it's a... Uh, yeah, and Taylor Swift, I've... I think I've got every one of her albums. She's fantastic. She's so good. And this year just released two sort of properly defining albums. You know mm. what I mean? Like both were just... How how dare she release twenty five songs of that caliber? <laughs> you know what I mean. Every other band that were nominated for a Grammy must have just been like, "Fuck." Yeah, <laughs> when she dropped that second album, I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So you you mentioned that you your first gig was Muse. Mm. Um, mine was um, I think it was. Do you know the band Train? Yeah. Hey, so that was my first ever gig. It was at the O2 Empire in Shepherd's Bush. And so was that Hey Soul Sister era or yeah, pre Hey Soul no, Sister? No, it was when sure. that came out. So yeah, around two thousand nine. Um, but one of my um, things I, I held dearly to me was that I liked them before that song came out. Nice. That was one of my things. I was at that age where. I, I, sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, one of those people that when they do like this is an oldie, you're like yeah, yeah, this is for me. Play the classics. Um, yeah, exactly. Do you have any other favourite gig memories? So what is the music scene like around Wales? Because I know, I mean, for me, because I am a fan of pop punk, I know there's a big pop punk scene in Wales. Um, but what's gigging like, um, like being able to go and see gigs like in Wales? So I, I, growing up, it always felt okay. I think maybe because you have like a few, the, the, the different venues in Cardiff at least, there are lots of different size ones. You've got kind of like the Motor Point Arena where you're, you know, where I saw Muse and where like bigger acts would go and I saw kind of like, yeah, like sort of, yeah, you've got that and then you've got the Cardiff City Stadium, which is like 20,000 and maybe Stereophonics would play there. And then you've got like the Millennium where you take that or Iron Maidens or whatever would go. But then underneath there, there used to be tons and tons of really cool venues. Like there was a bar fly there for ages where they had really cool kind of like club nights. So I saw Gym Class Heroes in this sort of like, basically this 70 capacity room that was insane like one that's one of the best gigs like me high five and travi mccoy <laughs> like as some like spotty 16 year old that was insane um club evil bach is one that like is incredible as well and they, again good club nights and things then the, then bar flies closed down now they've closed one called goody who down lots and 10 feet tall and buffalo like loads of really good venues in the last sort of year or so have closed down due to whatever reasons mm. pandemic hasn't helped but the council have been like turning a lot of them into flats as well which is like considering they, they have this ethos of cardiff is a city of music and welsh wales obviously has such a connection with art and culture and singing and all this stuff it feels like that that's a really short-sighted decision but like one of the first so the my second gig i think was less than jake Right. I think that was the first one I crowd surfed at. So that was one of the first one I went to with, with friends as opposed to sort of tagging along with my brother's friends. Mm. And I just joined a new friendship group at that point. So I think like maybe four months before some the friendship group I was in kind of kicked me out of it. So that was quite a sort of like pivotal moment for me, I think, where I was like, oh, no, I can. I am a member of this group. And we yeah. all had fun. We all like got pissed in town like as 14 year olds drinking like one can of lager and then going along to this gig and I sort of you know crowd surfed and then some girl um MSN'd me the week after going like I saw you crowd surfing I was like I'm, I'm accepted again that was like a really big <laughs> moment for me to kind of like um sort of come out as like an alternative music fan I suppose mm. um and then yeah in then just trying to sort of Kind of what I did for comedy when I was like maybe 16, 17, just go on Ticketmaster, go on see tickets and literally see every band that was coming to Cardiff and then trying to find their music and see if I liked one of their songs, buy tickets for it. Wow. Just, just quite obsessive. And same with comedy. Yeah. Like comedy Cardiff, Russell Howard's doing here, McIntyre's doing the Glee, um, Pants and Tennis doing Aberystwyth, with, you know, whatever. And just trying to do as much as possible. And I think I always had like, only really talking about it now has made me realise that comedy took that over from music i think wow okay that's really interesting and that's it's a big risk to take i think just looking on Ticketmaster and 
See anything like yeah, the Yeah, definitely. I mean, and also, but to a point where it wasn't like sort of Barry Manilow. Like, it was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> it was going, what was like basically 12 quid and under. Yeah, and, like one of the smaller um, club nights or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Cardiff is a, that is a city for stuff. People would often miss it on tours because Bristol is relatively close by yeah. and Bristol has an amazing scene. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen? But I think they need to, I think the council and the Arts Council need to kind of uh, look after it a bit because the amount of venues that have closed, I think it, if that continues, then there'll be nowhere for people to go at, at a certain level. Yeah. And therefore, where do local bands get, like, get the chance to kind of, like, cut their teeth? Like, I was in a couple of bands after that death metal one and across the th- two major ones I was not major but the ones I was in for longest I think I played every lowest rung venue in Cardiff which is quite which is quite cool like I played the Barfly didn't play Welsh Club actually but did like some other cool ones which was quite nice as, as a music fan to tick off that going like I've done them all you know I've been on that stage yeah I was yeah. like that with I've, I've got a list because I've only been doing comedy for two years I think and I've got mm. a list of places um that I'm like slowly ticking off. I did uh, yeah. Angel um, at the end of 2019, maybe. Um, yeah, because last year was a write-off. Didn't really do anything last yeah. year. Um, yeah. And I'd, I'd love to do uh, Up the Creek as a normal gig, not yeah, yeah, the blackout. Yeah, sure, not the blackout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Um, I'd, I didn't really... So I, when I used to do music, um, there wasn't really any dream venues for me. Um so where did you grow up? So I I live in Essex, so I'm so close to London. Yeah. I'm essentially London. Um, yeah. So I've been so fortunate with the seat. Like, you, you know, as a comedian, if you live in London, then you're pretty much sorted. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been very fortunate in that way. Um, but yeah, I can't really remember where I used to play uh, for music. I did the Bedford in Balham. That was a really oh, yeah, fun yeah. one. Um, and the Half Moon in Putney. Yeah lovely room um and i so i saw scouting for girls there uh with my parents and then it was really cool i then brought my parents to come and see me play there um, oh that's nice that's yeah. lovely and then telling other people about it they were like who's scouting for girls yeah yeah <laughs> it was special to me that's all that matters yeah yeah for sure that's fun it that's was. really nice so what about festivals are, are there many festivals around wales Is, does cardiff have any so uh no, no music one's probably not i mean there is um so there's green man which takes place every august in mid wales mm. which is sort of a bit more eclectic and uh i mean i've never been but i think so fortet play there and cat Laban, and it's all quite sort of um christine and the queen sort of yeah i think it's very sort of mercury prize yeah type vibes you know what i mean um and quite hippie and quite sort of like alternative indie, like very cool. Um, so that happens every August. And then Soon Festival, which is a kind of Welsh language promoted thing, happens in Cardiff. I don't know if it still happens. I played it when I was like in uni, it's like 2009. But Hugh, Ed- um, not Hugh Edwards, Hugh Stevens, the Ready One DJ, uh, champions that. Um, and then festivals wise, there must be other stuff, but I think because I've kind of been out of the loop music-wise. Mm. The last gear I went to was Joshua Radin, who I adore, uh, and it was like a double headline thing where Joshua Radin and William Fitzsimmons did this gig in Putney in 
like a jazz club in Putney, and that would have been like 2019. But that would have been the first gig I went to, music gig, uh, in three years probably. Mm. But I think like since I had kids, it's just very hard to go out. Definitely. When my job is a lot of the time going out, mm. so like it's it's hard to find that time. And the time before that, I would have, yeah, the MTV EMAs. I only go places when they pay me to be in Seville, really. You're too important. You're too important. Exactly. Such a busy man. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then, but yeah, festivals in Cardiff, in in, in Wales, not not many. But I did Reading twice as a kid. Right, so so as a fan, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How was that? Um, Do you remember who was headlining? Yeah, so 2007 was my first year. So me and my best friend Dave, we were just about to go. We wanted to go to the same uni, but didn't get into the same uni. So it was like very much kind of like an end of an era type thing for us. Were, were either of them, this is totally not important, were either yeah. of them better unis? So it became very clear. Who... Mine was a better uni. Okay, are you just saying that or? No, 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 no. Oh, mine, okay. mine was, and, and, and he would not disagree, but he <laughs> had a better uni experience. Oh, okay. Um, so I was very jealous of him in university. Okay, I, d- I didn't mean to stir up any shit. I was no, just... not at all. We would like yeah. me and him talk about it a lot. Like, <laughs> I, I managed to turn my. I've got a, a garage that's falling apart in the garden, um, and but I managed to when things opened up a little bit and you could meet people in gardens recently, I wheeled an old TV in there and got an extension cable. We managed to play FIFA in this dilapidated, um, <laughs> in this garage. And we got very drunk and just uh, just talked about the past, which is where we live. <laughs> we live in the past. Um, but yeah, so, so we went to Reading in 2007, Reading Festival. And I want to say, was that wouldn't have been the Kings of Leon year? Surely not. One year, I also went in 2009. And one year, Radiohead closed on the Sunday. And that was wow. pretty cool. Like a mm. proper, like, sort of semi-religious experience. Like, I'm not a huge fan. I'm like, I like certain songs, but I'm not, like, a crazy fan of theirs. But It's like a once-in-a-lifetime. Kind of, yeah. And as yeah. a spectacle, it was just insane. Like, it was, it was really, really good. Um, I remember 2007... Was it 2007? I don't know, man. It blizzed into one. I saw Jack's Mannequin at Reading Festival, which is a band that I've always loved. And obviously, he's kind of like a side-ish project, so you never really like... But, but he, he he did... I think he just released the second album, so he was promoting that stuff. So that was really cool. A proper, like, nerd at the front singing along, like, every single word. Mm. Um, but headliners, I don't know. It's usually... No, I don't know, man. That's really bad, isn't it? Like, if, if you pulled up the lineups, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I did see that. Oh, I chose to see that person. I saw Jimmy Eat World at one of them. So you said it was 2007? Had... 2007 and then 2009, yeah. Okay, let's have a look. Um, Kings of Leon, obviously, were one of the headliners on one of the years because they had that meltdown. Right, okay. Um, I... I don't know if I'm looking at the right... All right, so Razor Light and Kings of Leon. So I wouldn't have seen Razor Light because I think I would have thought I was too cool to see them. Okay, so you might have seen Ash instead. I definitely wouldn't have seen Ash. I saw Ash support Weezer at Wembley. Oh, that's good. That was a fun so game. I, so I... Pro- oh, no, I would have seen Jimmy at World. Right, I'm just okay. on, on, on the lock-up stage. I'm just doing it. I'm just on it now. So I would have seen... So Kings of Leon wouldn't have been... They wouldn't have been dicks in 2007, I don't think. Definitely saw the chili. I mean, they might have been dicks in two thousand and seven, but you can't. You can't prove. Maybe that that was Sex on Fire because they wouldn't have then headlined in two thousand nine, would they? 
Surely not. I mean, it's very possible. Did they? They did. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. But their logo changed. As as did they. As As did did they, they. Kieran. Um, So I would have seen, yes, I would have seen, I saw Maximo Park. So yeah, that, that, that 2007, I saw Jimmy Wood on the main stage and then I saw them again headlining the lockup stage because I'm, I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, I would have seen Brand New, um, who are a band similarly to one of the other people on the main stage on the Sunday of 2007, who I haven't listened to since off of uh, behaviour, let's say. Okay. Um uh, which is a weird, you know, sort of not to go sort of too deep into it, but like, yeah, that's sort of when you have an emotional connection with a band, and then like certain people in that band do things, you're like, okay, I don't know if I can continue this relationship yeah. with this music. You know what I mean? No, I get that. Um, so I saw Maximo Park, who were insane. They were really, really good. Arcade Fire were incredible. I Block bet. Party were great. I saw Angels and Airwaves, um, which. I, as a Blink fan, I find them hilarious as a band. Right, why, why is that? Because I think Tom DeLonge is... T- <laughs> I think he's such a knob, but I really like him. Is he the one that... Is it him that um, searches for UFOs? Or have I got yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah big, big time, big time. So I, I, I'm quite obsessed with him. Because I remember when Angels, when he, when he announced this band, he was like we are making the most important music of all time. And it was so grand, this kind of press release. And at first, their debut song is a banger, but then the rest of it is just like, he's playing around with a cork and it just goes like, it's just like sort of a kid playing in their bedroom with it. Um, I saw Panic, uh, which I'm glad I did because they got they got thrown, a lot of piss was thrown at them, but I really enjoy Panic now, so I'm glad I did. I saw them the- in Cardiff. Did you? At the motor point. Yeah, it was a few years ago. I went with a, a, a girlfriend that I was with at the time. Um, I wasn't interested at all. Such a great live band. They're really good I bet. live. Mm. He's a proper showman, isn't he? Mm, definitely. Um, but they write good songs. And I think, yeah, I kind of wish I wasn't so kind of... I was still kind of slightly anti-emo at that point, mm. not realising what I would turn into 15 years later. <laughs> um, I think I saw The Hold Steady on the Sunday night. No, I saw Klaxons because I really liked Skins and I thought I was in Skins. Just <laughs> <laughs> so trying to sort of be into like, what was it? Not Was it New Rave? What they called that? And kind of like, you know, like, like the big neon colours and this big sunglasses. Basically yeah. the first series of Skins. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, not that. And then I think I saw a bit of New Found Glory. Um, this is so interesting. I'm not sure if, if you even meant to, for me to just sort of reminisce uh, but but going through those festival lineups are so interesting, aren't they? It is. I oh, know I love doing it. I like. Um, I think so. Other than the gigs, the festivals I do in Hyde Park, I've only been to V Festival. Um, oh sure, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's in Chelmsford, so it's not too far from where I live. Um, and I love looking back at the lineup for that year and just seeing where everyone is, um, who is still alive, who's still together. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's it's the whole thing of when like the Reading Festival, like when when the announcements come out and then the old the fucking the, the boomers or the gen x's go like oh it's not like it was in my day and then they sort of <laughs> post like oasis and blur and it's like well of course because they were at that level then you know you yeah. could do it with like fucking beethoven and mozart on like the first <laughs> one you know what i mean like just sort of understand that time moves on <laughs> <laughs> v festival headlined by the beach boys yeah yeah, yeah totally i'd go and see that 
I would. They were a good band, man. Good band. band. Um, I I went to V Festival in when would it have been? I just moved to London, so it would have been 2014. Yeah, 2014. I was a stand-in for the comedy tent, so it was booked by the Glee clubs, who Mm. I was kind of in with, um, who were being very good to me, and they booked me as a stand-in. So I had so I got to take my girlfriend and my housemate to the one in the Midlands. It wasn't the Chelmsford one. It was the other one. Not Don. Not not Donington because that's download, but. Somewhere around Donington. Staffordshire. Correct, yeah, yes. Staffordshire. Um, and uh, basically, I'd been like, I was, I turned full time a week before that. I did not have a 20 minute set. <laughs> I, I, I barely had a 15. And if you were to do it, you were supposed to do half an hour. Right. And I was basically just shitting myself that they'd ask me to do it. And then I had to sort of stay around the green room area type thing in case no one turned up, in case someone couldn't make it. And then the promoter came over and said, we might need you. And I was like, okay, who's, who's not here? And they were like, Alan Carr. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, so just get ready. So I basically just waited. <laughs> someone who looks like, if you were like a thousand people back, looks a bit like Alan Carr. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was about to go on thinking they're going to, th- like, it was the biggest, like, the tent sometimes empty. One, like, the compare at one point played British Bulldog with people because there were, like, 30 people in the tent. But literally a thousand, one and a half thousand people were around this tent. Wow. And I was about to go on stage, and then this Land Rover pulls into the complex, and he runs out and uh, and smashes it for half Oof. an hour. And I cannot tell you how relieved... As someone who, like, all they wants to do is gig, how relieved I was to not go out there <laughs> and die for half an hour with... What was very subpar material. <laughs> I bet. So, um, right, before we move on to... So, I want to... Obviously, the main thing with this podcast is how music has influenced you in what you're doing today. Mm. But before we move on, um, I want to find out from you your dream festival lineup. So, I want three headliners, and where would the festival take place? Uh, the festival would take place in... Uh... In the Brecon Beacons, okay, it would take it would take place in Penavan, which is one of the I think the highest mountain in southern in southern uh, UK, uh, because I can't imagine having to sort of walk up there. It'd be very funny to see piss people when people are off their face <laughs> on pills trying to trying to do like a like the army train there. I think that'd be a really nice kind of like juxtaposition. So it would be in on Penavan, and okay, so three headliners. I think we would have to have, um, okay, I'm going to say the Foo Fighters. Good, good who first are a band choice. That, like, I, enjoy, I enjoy their stuff and might not sort of like, they're not my go-to, but I know that they would be a very good headliner. Very safe bet. Um, yeah, I think so. It's a bit boring, isn't it? I'll have to try and up it for the next I did, one. I didn't mean it was uh, boring. No, I know what you mean, though, but like, it's kind of like, if it's a Glasgow headline, it's like, come on, mate, think a little bit outside the box. <laughs> um, Jay-Z. Good choice. That Jay-Z and Linkin Park album I listen to probably once a month. It's a very that, good that album. Live, that live album. I remember hearing that and going, like, because I was very anti-rap when I was into kind of, like, heavier stuff and thinking, like, well, rap isn't cool. The townies listen to rap. And I listened to that and I was like, oh, shit, it's quite good, isn't it? It's quite good music. Um, Jay-Z, Foo Fighters. And I think... Oh, shit. What would it be, man? So 
Uh, have you done them in order? So have you have you gone Foo Fighters Friday, Jay Z Saturday? Because I already I think that's a good. That is good. So far, it works, isn't it? And then it what does. you need a kind of like a legendy slot type yeah. thing on Sunday, don't I mean, you? I mean, it's completely up to you. It's your dream, but... Thank you, it is. Um, I don't know, man. Like, the oldest kind of like... I kind of want to say Beethoven for a laugh, but like... <laughs> <laughs> just just keeping everybody waiting for three hours because he's dead, you know what I mean? <laughs> Clever. And then they announce it. He died 400 years ago. Um, <laughs> um, oh, man... I literally was thinking about this earlier, and I had I had a name in my head. Can I just quickly go through my phone? Yeah, and not for not for ne- not for names of people that are in it. You just like, <laughs> spot, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Just you know what, man? Stormzy at Glastonbury was insane. Like that was I feel like my my favorite thing about well, not my favorite thing. Obviously, it was an insane set. And I know you were talking about Hugh Edwards or Stevens. Which one? St- well, I always talk about Hugh Edwards, but Hugh Stevens. Hugh Stevens. Yeah, yeah. So after Stormzy performed, it cuts back to you know like the little makeshift studio. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They have, and I can't remember who was with him, but um, it might be like Lauren Laverne or someone like that. And she was like, "What a huge moment for black music, for black history! Like it's incredible that he delivered that headline set." Um, and uh, Hugh goes, "Yeah, and wasn't Chris Martin good on the piano?" I was like, what are you to ruin Fucking a moment? Fucking <laughs> hell, that's so funny. That's so white, isn't it? It is very white. It, he was good on the piano, but um, it's Chris Martin, isn't it? Um, you know what? I'm going to shift Jay-Z to the Sunday. Okay. Saturday, Sigrid. Sigrid. Ooh. Which is a curveball. It but is. But, like, I love her stuff so much. And they, I remember seeing, like, a, I think it might have been a Glastow set, or like a video of her doing it. And she's insane live. Mm. And I think she's, I think she's marvelous. She writes songs that I really, really love. A very good choice. I like that. Thank you. Foo Fighters, Sigrid, and Jay Z. Jay Z in on Penavan. It's going to be carnage. Lots of people will die. <laughs> <laughs> they will. Um, and also because you are a comedian, um, mm. I would like you to book the uh, the three headliners for the comedy tent as well. Sure. And right, so I'll give you a bit more leeway with this one. Um, okay. Just, just come to my head, just to give you some more. Um, some more room to spread your imaginary wings. Yeah. Um, dead or alive? Um, alive, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay. I will choose. Doesn't really need to matter in terms of like the the days, is it? For this one, it can just be uh, musical. I think. It's a toss-up between Minchin or Flight of the Concords. Oh, co-headliners. I'm just putting yeah, it out there. Yeah. I'm just yeah, it's it your could dream. be like like a mashup. Like I never really like I was never never like a massive Minchin fan, and I really kind of like got into his stand-up through Matilda and then Groundhog Day soundtracks. Mm. Um, he's very talented. He's, I'm gutted. I miss Groundhog Day. It was only in London for a very short time. Yeah, like I never, I, 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 I never saw it, but the soundtrack's on Spotify, and it's mm. really, um, it's really, really good. Um, I think, I think Concords as a musical act. Yeah, there's not another one I prefer over them, is there? Have you ever seen Two Hearts? They're a Kiwi act who do Edinburgh. No. I think 2018, it was my favourite show I saw. I haven't cried laughing more than anything else <laughs> in that show. They're insane. But you can't get two hearts to the headline. Can you? I don't know. It's Is your that dream, mad? Robin. 
I'm sure they they wouldn't mind me cheesing Concords. Concords is one of them. Catherine Ryan is another one because she did V and uh, she brought her daughter along and she was her daughter was just on the side of the stage. She just like tore it up. I think she's as headline comics go one of the best in the world. Um, and then, I mean, he would never do it, but John Mulaney, who is uh, one of my favorite comics. I love Babiglia, but I think he stories wouldn't go down well at a festival. Right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about him for his own safety. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but but, but John Mulaney, John Mulaney, I think is like another level of intelligence and and uh, I'm very, I'm very much someone who feels like jokes should uh, be aimed right, and yeah. and and sh- and shouldn't be punching down. I feel like he's. Um, from what I know of him, got quite a good, um, got, got a similar kind of uh, mindset okay. as me with that, I think. Oh, that's a really good choice. That's he's not a cunt, is what I'm trying to he's say. Not, he's not a cunt. Good stuff. We don't want cunts at uh, Robert no, Wilkins Dream Festival. No. Well, that's, that. it. that's what it's called. It's, it's called No Cunts Allowed. No, no cunts. cunts Allowed Festival. Right, so I want to talk to you about how music has influenced you in your work. Um, and I want to start by... So you, you do a lot of warm-up for TV work? Yeah, I do bits and bobs. So like yeah. I'm kind of... I'm everybody's second or third choice. Right. Maybe fourth. Okay. So I get I get the call when people are busy is basically okay. the, 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 the fairest way of saying it. <laughs> um, so um, I, I went to see... I'll try and keep this story quick. I went to see Pointless being recorded, um, and I can't remember who the warm-up guy was. He, he does a, he does all of them. He, I've seen him do Taskmaster. Over. Oh, Mark Over. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beard, and, sort of smart shirt, knitted yeah. tie. Yeah. 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 So he was uh, he was taking questions during like they were moving cameras around, and I asked if um, because the, I think they tell the audience to be quiet, but you can always hear people in the audience answering the questions yeah, yeah yeah and i was like has a contestant ever heard an answer from the audience and tried to give that and he was like no, in the history of the show and this was only two years ago he was like in the history of pointless that's never happened as soon as they go back to recording that is exactly what happened no way fortunately it wasn't me that revealed the answer but totally it's... but you put it in their minds man you still gotta feel you gotta feel responsible i've ruined pointless <laughs> you got um, someone fired that day I did. <laughs> um right so um you did, am I right in thinking, I mean, I read it on your website, so if I'm wrong, then it's your fault. Um, so you yeah, did yeah, yeah. the warm-up for Sam Smith Live at the BBC. I did, yes. That was very, that was very not a job I was feeling confident about. I was very, very nervous about that. All right, okay. So did, did you have to um, alter your warm-up act, um, if you were, because it wasn't a comedy show? Yeah, 100%. So the, the one I've done the most is Graham Norton. Um, and that is easy in the grand scheme of things because A, they're very, very excited because they're about to see Graham Norton and bona fide celebrities. B, it's a chat show, so you can literally just chat. They're expecting kind of like slightly cheeky chat, which is essentially what I do anyway, so I feel like that's quite a good fit. Um, stand-up shows, they're expecting comedy. The ones I found the trickiest, so I did Blind Date, the, the reboot of that, yeah. and I found that quite hard because... The, you know they expected quite you know you were out quite a lot but it was more they, they wanted more 
end of the pier stuff i think kind of like a bit more sing song and stuff which i imagine you'd kind of get on like it's it's a, it's a saturday night show yeah it's like it's it's light entertainment so that, that's but not a chat show and that's what i found hard sam smith i think it came as a run where i got booked for two shows they were both at the same studios in elstree and I got booked for that and the weakest link celebrity children need special on the same day. And I went to the Sam Smith one and said, oh, hello, I'm here for the weakest link recording. And they said, there is no such thing. And I said, my name is Robin Morgan. And they, and they're like, you're doing warm up for Sam Smith at the BBC. And I was like, I wasn't given the information about the other show that was taking place today. So I found out 30 minutes before I started what the show was. Wow. And then I was like, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> I think I'd seen, I think I'd seen the Adele one. Mm. I know there'd be an Adele one. Adele did one with Graham Norton, but I don't know if that was the same format. There'd been one other one where, like a, a like a bona fide like. I know Harry Styles like, has done one, but I'm not sure if that would have been before or after. Maybe there was basically basically one before Sam Smith, and I was like, okay, that's a cool format. That's nice. And they have someone who's obviously close to the, the musical guest that you know they can get whatever out. Um, but I think I'm sure Norton was doing the Adele one or something, and it felt like oh, so you've got like a comedic guest. Fern Cotton hosted that one, who's very very talented and very good. Mm. Um, but sometimes when I do Norton, me and Graham will have a chat, and when I did Blind Date, me and Paula Grady had a chat. And not obviously that's not their job; they don't need to make the warm ups job easier. But that wasn't something that happened with that one. Sam Smith was very nice, and the backing singers were very nice. And I, but, but yes, basically, I didn't do much stand up. I did little jokes, but I chatted to the audience a lot. I fucked around with the backing band a lot. Mm. Like I got the backing dancers to sort of teach me how to do like a backing dancer sway and things. But that was just literally stuff in the moment where I was panicking to fill time. I found it ve- I found it very hard. It never felt like I was comfortable. Yeah, I was. Tre- I think I was treading water the entire time. I hope that it was fine and no one shouted at me. That's that's but, always a good warm up is yeah. But warm up is such a um, strange job where if you do well, yeah. I suppose if you do well, no one will really say thank you. If you've done badly, then they will give you the stink eye. Yeah. Like, oh, can you do this? Can you warm them up a bit more? Like, well, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> but but it's but it's a weird job where you're not talent and you're not production. You're kind of like in you're in the you know you sort of sit on your own and then you just go okay bye see you never. <laughs> but I definitely wasn't the first choice of that thing. I would have been recommended by somebody. Right. Um. And it's it's good money, and it's interesting, but it's not what you get into it. For. It's not what you go into stand-up for. Yeah. Um, and I never felt... Maybe because I don't do it that often. Maybe if I did a music show every single week, like I've done Norton quite a few times in a row, you know the studio, you know the kind of vibe, you know the structure. Um, but yes, that that was a nerve-wracking day, wow. definitely. I bet. And and how else would you say that music's influenced your stand-up? Because I know you had a show, would it have been two years ago, um, What a Man, What a Man, What a Man, What a, a, a Mighty Good Man? Have I got brackets, that right? Say it again now. Close brackets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Full um, title. So that um, again. So I think I saw. I don't know if I saw your work in progress for that gig, or it might have been what should have been Edinburgh's last last year's Edinburgh. Sure. I can't remember when I saw you. Um, so am I right in thinking that that show was about sort of becoming a man and living up to people's expectations? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of like male role models, and it was sort of tentatively about my dad, my son, and my friend, my best friend, Dave. And then, but, but mainly about 
toxic masculinity and male role models and things. And that's the show I was always going to write about. And there was going to be points where I think at that point, the, the reason I called it that is I wanted a silly title yeah. because my first hour I did a pun that didn't work and I called it, I called it free man because I thought poor people would read Robin Morgan Freeman, and no one, <laughs> no one, no one made that link at all. To the point where I had to write a joke <laughs> for the start of the show explaining what it was, and I was like, "This is exhausting." Um, and then my second show, I called Honeymoon because I got married six days before, mm. um, and was spending my honeymoon at at Edinburgh. But that was my my least favorite hour because I don't think I really had many. Th- it was, a, it was, a, it was te- about getting married, but I got married six days before Edinburgh. So all of the stuff I was writing was quite generic and overarching. Yeah. There wasn't really like a point of what I was saying. It was like a good, basically I thought it was a good PR hook because it was the first year I, I did my own PR. And I just thought, oh, this is an easy sell. This guy's on his honeymoon away from his wife. That's like a good reason to kind of like get you in the press. But the show wasn't as good as the hook was, I think. Um, and that would, but I'm glad that I did it because it made me really... It gave me a kick up the ass for the next year. Definitely. No, I bet. So would you say that music has influenced much else of your comedy? Um, I spend a lot of time thinking about the pre-show playlist. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, so yeah. In, in regards to, so like when you're on tour, how much control and, and what sort of thought goes into choosing that music as the audience come into the room? So the What A Man show, the 2019 show, was uh, set it was present day and then I had this narrative story from 2003 that was going through Mm. so all of the songs in that were from 2003 or 2004 kind of and songs I would listen to back then so a lot of pop punk uh stuff and then in Edinburgh I had a couple of I think I had a Lizzo song just very upbeat stuff and it was kind of like either that or uh I had a joke about Teenage Dirtbag so I played Teenage Dirtbag before that to try and remind them of yeah, that song. Good idea. So even if some people had kind of forgotten about it, and I realised that that's something you can do, you can kind of plant people in that era. Mm. If you kind of try and sort of like time capsule them. Oh, the, oh, I remember this. Like, oh fuck, I was doing this. And it, it was trying to kind of like... Some very Darren Brown seeds. mind trick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's, it's very gaslighting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's very that. Um, but yeah, it's sort of... Um, yeah, that, that was a conscious effort. And then 2016 was a proposal show and uh, a cl- like I walked off stage to a Bright Eyes song that was later on the first dance of my wedding, like in a song that me and my wife really like. So like I've, I've always tried to... This, this, I mean, I'm me on stage. Like, there's no kind of character or facade or anything. So I think... And I really love show, like, like our stand-up shows which have an emotional pull. And I feel like yeah. stand-up is an amazing art form where you can really sort of like... Manipulate is, a, is the wrong word, but you can really get people invested in what you're talking about. And I think that in the same way a TV show would use a song to elicit emotion, I'm not above doing that in stand-up. Oh, definitely. No, it's, a re- it's a really good tool to use, I think. Mm. Uh, and what about when you're writing? Can you listen to music and write? Or... No, not really. Like I, I listened to this Spotify playlist called Lo-Fi Beats, which is basically just kind of like just instrumental stuff. Or I'll try and listen to classical music. Um, but no, I can't listen to anything with lyrics. Mm. Um, but I couldn't when I revised either when I was at uni or school. So yeah, it just has to be completely instrumental. Um, yeah. But then 
I've got like a specific running playlist. I've been running a lot the last like four months and I've got the same song. I listen to the same playlist now in the same order because I know where I am based on the song. I know yeah. how, how fast I'm going. Um, but I used to, yeah, I try and pick songs that I kind of got this instrumental one by 65 Days of Static that's quite epic and feels like it could be in a zombie film. Like I'm legging it away from zombies, you know? <laughs> I like it. Uh, so yeah. what about when, so we spoke about the pre-gig music. What about when you're backstage? Are you listening to that same music or have you got like a, a get pumped playlist? Not really, no. Like I've been, um, I'm currently doing this acting job. Like it's been happening in the, cast, the last few months and it's going to be out next year. I can't talk about it, which is like a very wanky thing. I've signed <laughs> an NDA saying I can't talk about it. But I was chatting to them some of the other actors on it and they like have a very small part and the, the actors who are doing more stuff on me they do listen to stuff before they go on whether emotionally or something one they were saying that some actors like quite high, pro, high, pro, high profile ones i can't think who they were talking about now but have little earpieces but they sort of play in emotional music to sort of get people to elicit <laughs> crying and stuff and another incredibly high profile actor apparently just has a guy feeding them the lines from his trailer like, he won't even read scripts anymore. He'll just, do, like, do it. Wow. Like, he'll just have some guy basically, yeah, feeling very strange, very funny. Um, but no, I don't really listen to anything. I guess, like, because if I'm backstage at a tour show, I can hear the music that's on my pre-show playlist. Yeah. So that's quite nice to kind of, so I guess, I guess so. And in Edinburgh, definitely, there's that buzz, and I was kind of, because I was doing Free Fringe, kind of welcoming people in. It's like, it's a banger. It's banger after banger, you know, sort of that sort of thing. So I suppose so. If I was in a soundproof room, I probably wouldn't listen to music okay. to get myself pumped up. I don't think. Right, I've got two more things. So, sure. My girlfriend um, has sent in some questions. Um, okay. I should um, preface this with. Um, she had no idea who I was booking for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got no idea. Once I told her who I was booking for the podcast, she's got no idea who any of them are. That's humbling. It's nice. Good. That's what we good. need. So, um, she sent in a couple of questions for you. Um, so I'm going to spring these. Uh, they're a surprise to me. She's just sent them through. Okay, cool. Um, so here, here's a couple of questions from my girlfriend. Would you rather be friends with Coldplay for a day or enemies? And in brackets, sometimes feuds can be fun and can boost your numbers. Uh, good question. I think... I'm such a... I like to be liked. I need to be everyone's friends. So mm. in this situation, I think I'd quite like to be enemies. I think that'd be really fun. Imagine being defined as like, who's that guy? Oh, he's enemies with Coldplay. All <laughs> of them. All four of them. Chris and the other three that no one knows the names of. <laughs> it's a good choice. You know what I mean? I, th- I, th- yeah, I, th- I think enemies, because I think that's... Yeah. Imagine being enemies with four people. That's extreme. Like, what did they do to me? Did they kick me out? You know, it raises it raises big big questions. I think it does. I th- it'd be very mysterious. Yeah, I think I think enemies. I'd watch a film about that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of social network esque. The, yeah. the start of Coldplay, and I get kicked out because I'm just listening to Trivium. <laughs> As I said that, I just realised that I think there is a film exactly about that. Killing Bono is that. 
Oh, I haven't seen it. Is that what it's about? I think, I mean, it's obviously not about Coldplay, but I think it's a very similar vibe. Yeah. Okay. I, um, do you know the stand-up Chris Martin? I do, yes. He's um, he's very funny. and uh, Which helps. Yeah, he... he yeah, absolutely. In in his line of work, it's ideal. Uh, but he gets so many people thinking that because they don't look too dissimilar either as sort of like yeah. quite handsome white man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he I think he's he's had a lot of fun. I wonder whether he is actually enemies with them based on the the shit he's had to deal with. He could be. I I was following um, Patrick Monaghan on Twitter for about five years before I realised he wasn't the lead singer of Trine. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but fortunately, I, I, I did some research. I was like, oh, he's actually quite good. Um, yeah. Right, so an- another question from my girlfriend. Um, it's important to drink water. If you had to estimate how many Olympic swimming pools of water you have drunk in your life, how many, minus the chemicals? Okay, good question. Um, so what is it, like two litres a day? I've been alive 31 and a half years. Um, can I do the maths? Can I, can I get my calculator you can, out? You can do the maths. Is that okay? She hasn't sent me um, any rules. So, so what did I say? Two times three six five. That's a year times thirty one. So in theory, if I've drunk the correct amount, that's twenty two thousand six hundred and thirty liters. There must have been days of a be- like you can't imagine a baby drinking like a massive Evian. Can yeah, you? I don't like, think just so. ch- <laughs> just chucking it, <laughs> just drowning itself in in Brita water. Um, Let's say twenty thousand. Let's go for it. let's let's hit it hit it there. Twenty thousand. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's quite will, good, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's. Is, quite that, is that what you said in liters, in liters, or did you say no, in, th- in Olympic swimming pools? In Olympic pools? swimming pools, I think I don't oh, know. I can't I've completely said. fucked it up. That's oh, mad. Um, how much is an Olympic? Okay. How much Olympic? Do you ever do this when you Google things? You don't even put like the the full sentence in Google. No, so I'm smart. I'm really uh, specific. Um, I don't like to waste Google's time. Yeah, I mean, I've absolutely fucked it now because I've, what I'm searching is how much Olympic pool contain. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, an Olympic pool contain two and a half million litres of water. And what am I thinking? 20,000. Yeah, so... Um, so... What's the maths on that? Apparently 125... Olympic swimming pools. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, 125 Olympic swimming pools. That seems a lot, doesn't it? It does seem like a lot, but... No, that's that can't be right. Have I done the maths wrong? Let's say none. Whoa. I don't, I don't drink water. You're above it. I'm above I'm, I'm, why, Who needs it? I think who, it's who all a conspiracy water? by big, big Evian. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay. So, right, I want to I wanna finish with a game. Um, okay. So this is a top of the podcast... I've got a little game about pop music. Um, so this game is called Backstreet or Jack Street. Backstreet or Jack Street. Okay. And at this point in the podcast, a nice sound sound effect will play of me saying that in a big X Factor voice. Um, nice. If I can get it to work, I don't know. Yeah, 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 um, yeah sure. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read you 10 song lyrics. Not the whole lyrics, because that will be a, for another hour. Um, yeah. For the just, Patreon listeners. Exactly. <laughs> Part two. Um, so I'm going to read you some song lyrics, and if it's if you think it's by the Backstreet Boys, um, you'll say Backstreet. Mm-hmm. If you don't think it's by the Backstreet Boys, you'll say Jack Street, and you get an extra point if you know which boy band did sing it. Great. 
Great Makes day. sense? Uh-huh. Cool. I haven't worked out how many points this is out of yet, but um, I'll work it out as we go along. Sure, sure, sure. So, firstly, first of all, are you, are you a fan of the Backstreet Boys? I think I could probably name you three songs. I'm Lovely. aware of their work. This is going to be fun, mm. I think. Right, so number one. Sometimes I wish I could turn back time. Impossible as it may seem, but I wish I could. So bad, baby. You better quit playing games with my heart. Backstreet. Correct. Oof. I'm really invested in this. I don't Good. know if this is coming across, but I'm, I'm quite competitive, so I really want to do well on this. Okay, well, I've got no one to compare you to yet, because, like I said, this is the first episode. I'm already winning. But this we'll is, see, this is great. see how you go against Roy Johnson of WWE fame uh, when okay. he's on the podcast. Right, next one. Um, I need to do some smack talk for Roy Johnson. You do. <laughs> um, go on, Roy, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said that. Um, Please don't. I won't. I'm so, I'm so scared. <laughs> and when I find a place to keep my sweet love, then I will leave it there forevermore. Yeah. And when I find someone to share, I'll never give up. I will hold you and believe that this life leads to more. Jack Street. Do you know who that could be by? Um, it's a boy band. They're all boy bands. Okay. Um, A1. Oof. It's uh, Love Ain't Here Anymore by Take That. Uh, okay. So you get you get a point okay. for, for getting Jack Street, but no point for uh, for for getting A1. Great, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay. I'm all good. Cool. Don't need no bonus points. I'm fine. Sweet. Okay, we're relying on the, uh, the core yeah, points. Yeah, the, pro- the proper points. Proper <laughs> points. Okay, number three. Maybe it's the way she walked straight into my heart and stole it through the doors and past the guards. Jack Street, One Direction. Oh, Lovely Don't stuff. piss about, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was testing this with my girlfriend yesterday, and she she's a massive One Direction fan. Yeah. She jumped straight in. She was like, wait, do I have to wait until you finish? I was like, yeah, this yeah, is just yeah. a test. You can do what you want. Um, right. Next one. I don't care who you are. So, oh, sorry, that's a message from my girlfriend when I told her about yeah. that. <laughs> um, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you love me. I mean, that's, that's Backstreet. It is, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys. Sure. Um, number five, all you people, can't you see, can't you see how your love's affecting our reality? Every time we're down, you can make it right. And that makes you larger than life. Oh, fuck. Backstreet. It is Backstreet. Well done. Yes! Lovely yes! stuff. Um, right, number six. Don't I'm doing lo- really well, aren't you? You are doing really well. So you've got really one, two, well. three, four, five, six, six points out of a potential seven. So Delighted. Far. Well Delighted. done. Um, right, number six. Don't love me for fun, girl. Let me be the one girl. Love me for a reason and let the reason be love. I mean, it's Jack Street. It's not Westlife, is it? Oh, very, very close. Um, Boyzone. It is Boyzone. Oh, oh, how kind I'm... am I feeling? I, You know what? Um, I could do with more um, lovely guests like yourself, so I'm going to give you the point, in a hope that you will recommend me to your friends. Absolutely, man. That's it. Um, right, so next one, number seven. Um, am I your fire? Your one desire? Yes, I know it's too late, but I want it that way. 
back straight. It is back straight. Well done. Right, number eight. Um, let's have they got enough songs to 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 do this with different guests? I hope so. Or are you going to do the same lyrics? Um, I mean, I th- they've got a good six or seven albums. So, okay, sure. But I have, I do think I might have worked through all of the greatest hits in this. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm delighted. I'm getting the greatest hits. <laughs> you are. You're getting all the good ones. Although I can change up the game. Um, if I've got someone who's into films, we can have. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Jackman versus Batman. So, it's, is it a Hugh Jackman yeah. film or yeah, is it a yeah, Batman film? Yeah, although nice. that has got nothing to do with music, but it does rhyme. He's he's the greatest showman. He's a very music, he's a musically talented man. Exactly. Ba- Batman, I'm talking about. Batman. <laughs> I would like to see the greatest showman remade with Batman as the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Bane. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, she's just a loner with a sexy attitude. I'd like to phone her because she puts me in the mood. The rumours spreading round that she cooks in the nude, but she don't care. Jack Street. It is Jack Street. Do you know who that's by? No. So that that is Five Colours in Her Hair by McFly. It's okay. I wouldn't have called McFly a boy band, but hey, you're probably right. I thought it might have been them or busted. Well... But you've been too kind before. You can't. I have you been can't, too kind. I can't, you, 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 you know. Can't. That's fine. I understand. Yeah. That's fine. So, number nine. Mm-hmm. I want you, Brittany. I need you here with me. You know that I won't stop until I got you. I want you, Brittany. Surely Jack Street. It is Jack Street. Who is that by? Just because of the Brittany, I'm saying NSYNC, but that's mad, right? I don't know if that is mad. Possibly. It would be a little too... I don't know. Would that be creepy if he was writing about Britney? I mean, it's creepy anyway, if you read the rest of the lyrics to this song. Um, So let me pull up the lyrics, because it's a pretty creepy song. Um, Sure. So the lyrics feature the line. um, uh, I've searched Britney lyrics, and obviously Britney Spears lyrics have come up. Mm Mm-hmm. What a... So, She'll do that. She's got great SEO. She has. <laughs> so it features the lines, sweating all over your video, watching every single scene in slow-mo, tracking you down on the internet, because I ain't seen you naked yet. Christ. Yeah. Is that like Son of Dork? Very close. Who is it? That's Britney by Busted. No way! Yeah. They are naughty people. They're very naughty. They've got some very problematic lyrics, if you look back on them. Okay, um, I'll go back into it. You should. Um, listen to the song, I think it's called Go All The Way. Very, sure. pro- very problematic. Okay. Um, right, so this is the last one. Um, my love is all I have to give. Without you, I don't think I could live. I wish I could give the world to you, but love is all I have to give. Jack Street. It's Backstreet Boys. Oh, what an absolute oh, shame. So close. So you've got every single one right for the core points that you were going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart yeah, from yeah. that last one. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, and then 10, 11 out of a potential 12, 13, 14, 15. That's pretty good, though. That's, That's not pretty bad. good. That's a new record for the, for the podcast, actually. What a dream. I am. And that, I think that would be quite hard to beat. I'm not, I'm, not, be. I'm not saying that as out of arrogance. I think. Yeah, 
I reckon your next Roy Shelby Brown, your next guest is going <laughs> to find that tricky to beat. I think it, I think it will have a tough time. Um, so that that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time. No, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. It has been. Uh, you've got a podcast. Do you want to tell us a bit more about it? Yes, it's called Here to Judge, and it's me and two other comics, Priya Hall and Leila Navabi, where we uh, dissect internet dilemmas. So we kind of look at, am I the arsehole on Reddit, and am I being unreasonable on Mumsnet, and we work out who's in the wrong. It's, um, we rarely talk about the actual things we're talking about, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so it's, called, it's, called, it's called Here to Judge. Lovely. All right, then. And uh, where can people follow you on, on Twitter, Instagram? Uh, Instagram and Facebook, I'm Robin J. Morgan. Twitter, I'm Robin J.A.Y. Morgan because the bloke who has Robin J. Morgan is infuriating and I think he's been hacked, but I can't buy his account off him and one day I will kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. All right, then. Well, thank you so much, mate. I really appreciate you uh, coming on, like I said. Um, I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening. Thanks, mate. Thanks Take for care, me. man. Cheers. Speak bye. Speak soon. Bye. 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 And that was Robin Morgan. Um, what an amazing first guest to have on top of the podcast. Um, I'll leave links to everything we spoke about, um, about his shows, his podcast, his social media. I'll put that um, in the description. And like I said at the start of the podcast, if you, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, leave us like a five stars or, or even less if you're not that much of a fan. But no, um, please, your, your reviews and your shares and your likes and everything like that, uh, it goes a long way. So I really appreciate that. Um, an amazing first guest. And we've got so many more amazing guests lined up. Um, I mentioned earlier we've got Roy Johnson, um, who appeared on NXT UK, the WWE United Kingdom Championship Tournament. If we've got any wrestling fans uh, listening, we've got more comedians, we've got musicians, we've got photographers, um, everyone from different walks of life. We're just going to talk about music. Um, it's going to be a really good time. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to Top of the Podcast. Leave a nice rating, leave a review, um, and and follow us. So thank you very much. Until next time.